welcome to another captivating episode of Beyond Autistic Burnout. Today, we're embarking on a unique journey, and we've got the perfect guide, Jen Conley, to navigate us. Jen is an ADHD coach and entrepreneur, and she'll be sharing her insights into the world of ADHD women entrepreneurs and the strategies that can help you thrive. She's ADHD herself and has some great experiences to share that may be exactly what unlocks your next step today. But that's not all. We've got some exciting pit stops along the way. We're going to meet Tim and Mike, who have a rather unconventional job riding scooters around for work daily. It might just be the dream job for you too. We've, we're also thrilled to unveil the launch of the Autism and Neurodiversity Masterclass this month. And today, you'll get a sneak peek into two more of our incredible rock stars. You'll be part of this transformative course with Autism Camp Australia. At the core of the show, it's about fostering a supportive community where we learn from and uplift each other because we're stronger together. In today's episode, I'm excited to shine a light on Dyspraxia USA and how you can be part of their incredible work support over, supporting over 30 million people who are struggling with dyspraxia. So fasten your seatbelts. We've got an inspiring and enlightening journey together today. Welcome to Beyond Autistic Burnout, the talk show designed to empower ADHD autistic professionals like you to thrive in your career, life, and beyond. I'm Carol Jean Whittington, an ADHD autistic business professional who's not just surviving, but thriving after decades in burnout. And I'm thrilled to have you here with us. Each episode, I'll be joined by inspiring guests as we dive deep into transformative strategies and insights. We'll show you how to break free from burnout, ignite sustainable energy, and embrace your authentic self. Together, we'll navigate career challenges, nurture relationships, and excel in every aspect of life. It's time to fuel your success and embark on your journey of empowerment. Let's take this incredible journey together. Get ready to be an authentic leader and unleash sustainable energy in your life. Welcome to Beyond Autistic Burnout. Let's start thriving. Welcome to the show today, guys. Let us know in the chat box. We are a live interactive show and we want to know where you're joining us from. Let us know, hey, I'm in Massachusetts. I'm in Missouri. Where are you today? We want to know. And how's your heart? How are you doing today? You got a thumbs up, you know, you feeling your energy feeling high, maybe sort of neutral or kind of low today. Maybe you need a little pick me up. Let us know how you're doing today. You matter and we want to know. So, I don't know if you guys saw the post I had out on social yesterday, but uh, getting sick and burnout is something that I struggled with for a really long time. And I know pushing through sickness to meet deadlines and appointments, it's a very common approach for many of us ADHDers, autistic ADHD humans, but it can often make things worse, causing our illness to last longer and pushes deeper into burnout if we're already in it. It's important to prioritize our needs and not feel guilty, shameful, or like we're failing when we slow down to take care of our health. We can know this on an intellectual level, but not feel safe doing it. That feeling of it isn't safe to not do this thing or take care of this because, fill in the blank, 
is a feeling and thought many of us have. And I know I did for a really long time. Recently, due to illness in my household, guys, we all came down with the stomach bug Sunday night. It has not been fun. So I took it slower yesterday. I needed to cancel an early appointment and give myself the rest I needed. I even slept in a bit this morning too, because I really kind of needed that extra rest. This is a very different approach compared to how I've done it in the past. This is an empowered place for me today. I choose myself and my needs first with a lens of compassion. It isn't what I've chosen in the past, and it is often what pushed me into an even deeper burnout. So I want to know, how have you felt or thought about getting things done on your quote-unquote to-do list in the past when you were sick? What happened as a result for you when you went down that, that rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, I'm sick, but I don't feel like I can give myself some space. I don't feel like I can not do the thing that I have on my calendar. Hey, Lisa, joining from Oklahoma. So glad you're here. So is this something that you guys have experienced by any chance? Is this something that's come up for you that, you know, you've pushed yourself really hard, especially when you're sick? And if you were in burnout, did it maybe push you further into burnout and make it harder to even sort of start recovering even? You know, as physical illnesses can really, really lead to some tough spaces in our burnout journey. So just a little question for you guys out there today, because I'm navigating it. <laughs> um, okay, so I had a nice video here. It doesn't seem to be wanting to play. So we're just going to go on over to our really cool photo here. Oh my gosh, guys, I had the best time on Friday. These are jobs that you may not know exist. So this is the incredible Tim Hicks and Mike Molina. And I got to meet these two amazing guys on Friday when I went to Centerville to take my dog Easter to the vet. These two amazing guys get to ride around in the open air every day on scooters as they survey power grids to determine how many power poles and length of power lines will be need needed in a given area. Mike and Tim are power line surveyors, and they get to travel from area to area as a group, and they get to see the country, meet new people, hey, I was one of those folks, experience different local cuisines, and they get to stay fit and enjoy the outdoors at the same time. This might just be the perfect job for you, and now you know about it too. Tim has been doing this for over 17 years and hired his team member, Mike, almost a year ago. Both guys said this is a job they love and can't imagine doing anything else. So a big shout out to Tim and Mike. Thanks for sharing a visit with me last week. And I loved getting to see you guys right on your scooters and really have just such a fun visit with you. So big shout out to Tim and Mike. Thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me and not going, hmm, who is this woman wanting to talk to us today? So guys, I think it's really great just to 
just be aware of different jobs. You know, so often um, there's so many career fairs, there's all kinds of jobs. And as we're talking about Disability Employment Awareness Month, I think it's really important that we share the jobs that we do. Um, I will be having some more of these jobs that you may not know about coming up in our coming up and following episodes on the series this, this month and the rest of the year. So stay tuned for this fun little segment every week. Oh my gosh, I'm really excited about this. This month, Autism Masterclass is launching. It's the Autism and Neurodivergent Masterclass, to be precise. And it was created and put together by Autism Camp Australia with the incredible Rachel Rowe at its helm. And you're going to get to meet Rachel coming up on a special episode later this month. So I have some segments and some sneak peeks into some of our incredible rock stars. Well, I'm going in alphabetical order, so I'm up today. <laughs> so one of the master class presenters is myself, Carol Jean Whittington. I was a late identified at 39 ADHD autistic. I'm the author of Unleashing Sustainable Energy, a strategic approach to transforming spicy burnout for ADHD autistic professionals. And I am the founder and CEO of Mind Your Autistic Brain and host of Beyond Autistic Burnout Talk Show, a top 5% podcast on Spotify. So here's a little sneak peek into my segment of the master class. Self-care is just the truck or the station wagon that you get into to, to deliver the goods that you have. Our needs and our sensory profile blueprint are the gas that goes in the tank. But for us, it has to be so much more. You know, it, it's wonderful to have a spa day. I love a massage. Don't get me wrong. But slapping cucumbers on my eyeballs is not going to get me out of burnout. Well, there's a little sneak peek right there for you. Slapping cucumbers on my eyeballs was not going to get me out of burnout. And I will guarantee you, it probably isn't getting you out either. Our next rock star up this week as our feature for the Autism and Neurodiversity Masterclass is Sari Sanford, also known as the ADHD Compassion Coach. Sari is a colorful advocate and uplifting thought leader based in South Australia who was relieved to discover her neurotype at age 30. With a family full of ADHDers and ADHDers, Sari is passionate about educating her online communities via Instagram and TikTok. Be sure to give her a follow. She is known for her big laughs, border collies, and bright dungarees. So for those of you here in the States, dungarees are blue jeans. So here's a little sneak peek into Sari's segment of the masterclass. You're opening their mind to the fact that we can work differently and there's no right or wrong way. There is no way that is better than or less than. It's just different and helping them to see how they can accept those differences, modeling that you might learn in a different way to them, talking about the way that you learn, breaking it down for them so that they can see you, you might be related to them. You might be their parent. You might be their teacher, an important person in their life, and you might learn in a completely different way to them and exposing them to that, it just it makes them such a compassionate and empathetic human. 
I absolutely love Sari and her message, and I know that you are going to absolutely adore the Autism and Neurodiversity Masterclass. So stay tuned because I'll have a special discount code for you guys to get a discount on the Masterclass. And it is just truly spectacular. Last week, I featured, featured Callum and Carly Jones. So make sure if you haven't had listened to that episode yet, you go hop back and listen to Callum and Carly. So I'd like to share a little bit more about Dyspraxia USA. Right now, they are in fundraiser mode. And I have a message from Warren Freed, who is the executive director. And here's an amazing picture right here of Warren with the group of dyspraxic students and advocates there. And you can follow and also make a donation at dyspraxiausa.org. So here's a message from Executive Director Warren Freed. Over the last 30 days, the organization has increased our medical representatives. We now offer a free medical database that is accessible on the foundation's website at dyspraxiausa.org. This will help both the family and the person with the, cord with the condition or, or seeking diagnosis for therapeutic support and or specific treatment of dyspraxia. The organization provides presentations and trainings to corporate 500 companies for informational and job training purposes. The organization is currently in need of $30,000 for yearly operating expenses and is seeking an additional $100,000 in order to deliver higher goods and services, hiring of staff such as grant writers and fundraisers, and to enable us to deliver national programs, educational and job training, while also teaching advocates to speak about neurodiversity and dyspraxia through presentations on the disorder. We invite you to make a donation today at dyspraxiausa.org. Thank you for your support, Executive Director Warren Freed. This is a really wonderful organization and Warren Freed is just an incredible human and such a wonderful advocate and ally as well. I love the work that Dyspraxia USA is doing and that that free resource so that you can find and locate providers in your area is really critical and your donation will help that. Guys, I'm so excited because next up today, we have an incredible guest joining us on Beyond Autistic Burnout. My friend, Jen Connolly, is a true advocate with a heart for empowering others. She's also one of my business besties. With over 20 years of experience, she has not only served as a mentor to countless individuals, but has also been instrumental in leading change within organizations and fostering inclusivity for the neurodistate community. She is the creator of a new program called Squirrel Mind Mastery, and a community for ADHD businesswomen to come together to grow their business and life. Jen's passion, insights, and dedication make her a true standout in the field. So get ready for an enlightening conversation as we dive into indie community, mentorship, and the power of creating more spaces for ADHD businesswomen. Welcome to the show, my <laughs> darling friend. I hope I can live up to that introduction. <laughs> Oh, you already got it covered. I promise you. <laughs> hi, Jen. Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> so you and I talk on the regular 
And mm-hmm. one of the things that we were talking about the other day that we really want to kind of share as part of the conversation today was, you know, some of those elements of growing up unidentified. So Jen, share with us a little bit about how growing up unidentified as an ADHD or has really impacted or shown up in your life today. Well, I, I know when we were talking about it, we were talking about like what our teachers would say and they would always say, um, you know, she, um, she, she's a daydreamer or she has potential, um, things like that. I, I barely, um, scraped by, I barely passed most of the years of school. If, you know, it's the whole, if you're not in with ADHD, if you're not interested in something, it's really hard for you. But I didn't know that. I didn't know how much harder it was for me than than other students. And I didn't know why. I just thought I was dumb, to be honest. Um, and, you know, once you get out of elementary, elementary teachers tend to kind of try to find your learning style um, a lot more than when you get to middle school or high school. So by the time I was in high school, I just hated school altogether and I didn't think it was for me. I mean, you know, I maxed out like my sick days every year up until I was a senior. Oh, yeah. That was the first year that I didn't max out my sick days. Just I had to go to Saturday school. school to graduate. Yeah, I would beg for mental health days. And my daughter does the same. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting paid back. Yeah. <laughs> my boys did too. And it, it's, yeah. and I don't think that other people, unless, you know, you've had this experience and sort of have shared in this conversation. And guys, let mm-hmm. us know in the chat, you know, is this something that you experienced like growing up, whether you were unidentified or maybe even identified at the time? Because, you know, sometimes just how we still have decided or figured out what that means for us, even though we might know, you know, when we're little doesn't always impact us, but you know, did, did you have like a lot of sick days? You know, was that sort of your thing? I noticed that for me, like the physical impact, the stress of school, I always had like the worst upset stomachs. I always had like Mm. really bad, like stomach pain and just like chronic stomach challenges. Um, I would get everything, any kid that walked in the classroom with a snooty nose, I was the first person getting it. I'm still kind of like that. I still, I get sick from other people really easily. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and we we talked about, you know, some of those other layers that come in and it's that rejection sensitivity. And, you know, we you may hear about it and as you know, if you're late identified or, or just, you know, an ADHD or, and this is sort of like part of your profile, part of who you are, that rejection sensitivity is like, it's real. It, it is like this mm-hmm. huge visceral physical experience that we have. Jen, share a little bit about, you know, rejection sensitivity and sort of how it's shown up for you, like throughout your life. And, how does that kind of play in as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman today, too? Well, when you hear she has potential your whole life, then you just think, well, I'm not, sorry, I'm messing with my, I'm really dark right now. Okay. You, you, you just think, well, I'm, I'm not good enough yet. Um, 
And then my grades reflected it. I remember being school being easy for my friends and I didn't know why it wasn't easy for me. And it doesn't mean that I was dumb by any means. I'm very smart. I just didn't know that I was. Um, I didn't know that I just needed to learn differently um, and that I needed to give myself grace because my brain just wires differently. I really, really wish that they would have known that girls could have it back then. I think probably if you're the, over the age of 30 or 40, it was unheard of to be diagnosed as a child. Um, we just thought it was the boys who were bouncing off the walls. And as women, I think we mask it a lot more and we're way more sensitive to rejection already. And then add this in to where you're getting criticized more than the average person. Um, it, it contributed to a lot of confidence struggles as I was growing up. Um, I learned to be funny, um, to mask it. I learned to be, you know, smart ass for lack of a better word, sorry. Hopefully I can say that. <laughs> um, you know, you just, you learn, you, you do start to learn your strengths eventually. But I, you know, I used to beat myself up because I didn't, I didn't go to school because I didn't think I could. And I didn't do, you know, and 20 years ago, I learned hypnosis and I was going to go and, you know, build a practice. And then I didn't do it because I was, I was scared. And I, you know, had imposter syndrome of what that would look like. And um, I realized a few years ago doing an NLP value elicitation. Have you ever done one of those where you, it's like the seven levels deep where you, you keep going down about, I, I want this because, and what that would give me. And the last line that I wrote was all of my confidence struggles throughout my life, I believe were directly affected by my ADHD. And that's kind of when I pivoted and was like, okay, this is where I need to help other women because that's that's what I've wanted to do probably my whole life. And I wanted to, I knew that this is where I could really help. You know, I'm not the only one. The, no, you're so not the only one. And it's, <laughs> and it's so funny because like once I started learning and, and Sam said like, I really need to learn more about rejection sensitivity in the comments. So thank you. Yes. Like this is something mm -hmm. I'm still sort of uncovering the layers up for myself. And you and I talked about this the other day and, you know, it's, I can look back at my younger self, you know, growing up and remember how physically I would feel when yeah. I would perceive I was being rejected. And the way I internalized that story for most of my life was, I'm not good enough. I'm doing it wrong. I'm annoying. You know, I, I'm not smart enough. And what's really bad, it's like people would say, oh, she's so smart. She's got so much potential, but she just can't seem to follow through or she can't seem to complete anything or, you know, she's a daydreamer. And that's a backhanded criticism, right? Like, <laughs> right. They don't realize. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably contributed to a lot of those sick days because I mean, I would feel that mm -hmm. like my whole body and it would just hurt. I would physically hurt from, from those comments. And, 
you know, as an adult, if someone, you know, gave me feedback, quote unquote, that was really hard for me. This is something that, you know, Allie and I talk about when we're doing training with neurodiverse teams and, you know, the different layers of being neurodistinct within that, you know, for our managers, um, you know, and, and just our peers as we're working in teams, if we have projects and things that so often for a lot of us with ADHD, it, it's also that rejection sensitivity. So, you know, somebody may be sharing some constructive feedback because, you know, they want to help or they see a place that they can help. And we're, we receive that in just this really physical way. Like somebody has like attacked us and it's really oh, yeah. painful. It really hurts. And when we don't because we're realize working that so that's what's hard happening. to prove that we're doing it right. And then someone is telling us that we're doing it all wrong again. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it's, it's like, you didn't see all of the time and the effort and the heart and the energy that has been poured into completing and getting what you see right now. And so yeah. to have picked apart or to even have anything negative said about it can be really hard. And it was for me for a long time, but what's been interesting is, you know, as as I've learned more about myself, as I became aware of that rejection sensitivity, it was also how did that follow me into my journey and my professional career and as an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it certainly um, pushed me into entrepreneurship because you, you know, along with that rejection sensitivity comes aversion to authority and other people telling you how to do it. You finally get fed up with that. Um, I honestly thought that was a me thing for a long time. I thought that, you know, I just was brat. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of authority growing up. My mom was pretty lenient. So I really thought I just didn't really have a lot of um structure in that way but i i've i've recently since i've started pivoting a little bit realized it is not just a me thing um back to the the you feel felt yours physically more than i did or i just didn't know i didn't have a name for it i didn't realize back then that it was connected but i just had this memory of my brother i had a big brother five years older he would thump me in the head <laughs> thump <laughs> me in the head like he didn't realize we're friends now but to this day if anybody like touches my head or throws something it hits me in my head like I have a visceral rea reaction towards that it's so, <laughs> so funny the stuff that happens of, you're you're the little brat you're dumb you're yeah anyway <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, just when you were saying that, it just made me think about, you know, an NCIS where Gibbs walks up and pops him on the back of the head. <laughs> oh, man, like, I, I would like see red. <laughs> oh, totally. I'd be like, somebody done that to me. I'd be like, hey, that's a personal affront. Like you have assaulted me. And like, I feel mm. that, right? You've like not just done that, but you've hurt my feelings and you've also made me mad. But, you know, right. as we're talking about this, it's like, also there's this element of identification in adulthood that it's really this place of, oh my gosh, I'm not broken. Mm. I'm not dumb. I'm not lazy. 
you know, my brain just works differently. And I was so busy trying to force myself and my brain to operate in this specific way that goes Into against everything that I am. When you're around whole, yeah. Yeah. What are some of those like identification things in adulthood that you have found really sort of gave you some freedom to step into your career path in entrepreneurship, Jen? Just knowing, just knowing that I was ADHD is the first step. And even if like, if someone's listening and you don't want to get diagnosed, that's okay. But if you think you may have it, I advise you to operate as if you do, because it will allow you to give yourself some grace into why you do things differently than your neurotypical friends do. Um, it's okay to do things differently. And that's why entrepreneurship is so alluring because it allows you to do it your own way. The only person that I answer to is me. <laughs> but back, but you, it also helps in you in your relationships, you know, to back to the aversion to authority. Um, when my husband and I were first married, there were a lot of things that he didn't understand that I did, like leaving things out on the counter because I'd forget about them if they weren't there. And it drove him crazy. Um, now he understands why I do that. But um, just... To understand why you're different helps you explain it to your loved ones too. Like, I don't mean to do that. My brain works like this. And be able to tell them, my brain works like this. Um, you know, if and then find some compromises to get around that. Um, entrepreneurship is also a very creative. You get to create. We're very creative-minded. Um, if you look there has to be i wonder if there's an updated list of entrepreneurs that are adhd because almost all of them are we finally get tired of trying to live in the box of other people's rules and make our own um <laughs> version definitely do it seems like a version really to authority is. it is <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I'm glad that I realized it because I, you know, if you don't realize that you can blame everybody else for what's going on. Um, and, you know, it's not always them either. It's your relationship. It's your misunderstanding of each other. Um, you know, I, I can take criticism. You just have to come at me um, with a calm voice usually. <laughs> instead of yelling you if yeah but I, I was about to go I was about to go off on a tangent I'll stay here <laughs> <laughs> oh man I so I so feel that one I know what that is <laughs> yeah but you know that was one of the things you and I had a really great conversation around as we were sort of planning out how we wanted to to come into this episode together today and it was like one of the things was that through identification in adulthood, we were able to actually start to appreciate and identify the skills that we naturally have as ADHDers yeah. that we really bring into our career and into entrepreneurship. What are some of those skills as an ADHDer that you have found for yourself, Jen, and, and where have you brought those into your entrepreneurial journey? the hyper focus 
the hyperfocus, the you can, you can, if you really love something, you can't break my attention from it. Um, I work a lot more than I ever have and I love it. You know, I, I peel myself away from my computer because I love what I do now. It doesn't feel like work to me anymore. And I just want more women to feel what that feels like. I, I've only had probably one other job that I loved and there was just a shelf life for it. You know, when I did massage therapy, I was naturally good at it and I loved it and I loved meeting new people, but it's not something you can do for the rest of your life. You get carpal tunnel from it. Um, but it still led me here. I met my husband that way. I wouldn't have met him or had my daughter. Honestly, had I gone the entrepreneurial route, route back then, I used to beat myself up for that. Um, but yeah, I just, and I think we're very compassionate about helping other people, especially when we realize what works for us. And so, you know, that's kind of the thing that I've really um, allowed myself to to hyper-focus on is how can I help? Um, and yeah, and that's, oh, and entrepreneurs, helping other entrepreneurs. I want to help women. We have, we're, we're visionaries. We have all of these ideas. We're very good at having the ideas. 160 but, of them at one time. <laughs> yes, but getting the help to focus on the ones we want to work on now and, you know, organizing the ideas is something that we really need help with as ADHDers. Yeah. And, you know, remember last week, Simon Nichols was here and he shared one of the, like his descriptor word for this was so great. Like all the ideas, right. It was like whiz pops. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm whiz popping all over. Right. Like, oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. So That's such Simon, a cute we're, word we're, for it. I know, right? Oh yeah. And I yeah. feel like that's just like what my brain does. It's like whisk popping all over and, you know, having mm -hmm. conversations with people um, really sparks all that excitement in those whiz pops and all the ideas. Right. And as mm -hmm. one person, we don't necessarily have all the resources to do all the whiz pop ideas that we have. And so sometimes it's yeah. like we can be these collectors of ideas and, we have yeah, so many still of them, them come down, so fast. Keep them, keep them in right. your notes up. You can always revisit them later. <laughs> yeah. And I love how you were talking about, you know, act, show up in your life and act and perform as if, mm -hmm. as if you are ADHD. Even if, you know, you're like, I don't really, I, I can't maybe afford to, or I don't have access to, or mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if this is something I want to pursue. But if you start to step into, and I love that, that piece of advice there, Jen, act as if, act mm -hmm. as if, because and pass that if you're an entrepreneur, then act as if you are already as successful as you want to be. Act as if is great. It's what we need to do in our whole life, in every single part of it. It really is. And I mean, I think <laughs> I spent so much time trying to fit into what I thought I was supposed to be, you know, based on who, how I grew up and, you know, who I, who I thought I was, but what you probably had even more than me of that with the, with the autistic side, because you're, you need everything more. Yeah. 
Whereas I'm all squirrel. <laughs> you have the other side that's like, hold up. <laughs> and if you guys haven't noticed it in the background, Jen and I have matching squirrels. Yeah, you can hardly see mine. <laughs> we have matching squirrels because, you know, we talk about, we talk about, you know, squirrel, we got all the ideas and, you know, that is sort of, we we laugh about this and joke all the time because it's like I've got the the war the war going on in my head between you know like my autistic structure and, and all of my framework versus like my need for all of the like with popping in in my ADHD side right but, you know that was one of the things that I think I didn't perceive it as a skill or a strength until right. I started to understand my brain yeah. and my body more. And one of the things that I think is just a really beautiful skill and strength that we have as ADHDers. And that is that we do have all of those whiz pops. We have a gazillion ideas. We're nonlinear thinkers. Yeah. So we're wonderful in teams. If you are brainstorming mm -hmm. and, you know, Sam, you said, you know, we're great brainstormers. I love that nonlinear thinkers. Someone write yeah. that down. <laughs> yeah. As we put all of this into... <laughs> You know, if we're looking at team building, if we're looking at like Jen and I are both entrepreneurs in our own businesses, but we come together collectively to to work, mm -hmm. to encourage, to inspire, to say, hey, can we, how can we collaborate or how can we, you know, I have this issue coming up. Do you have any ideas or any experience around this? And it's really mm -hmm. amazing because when we can start to do those things and we embrace the fact that, oh my gosh, you know, as a team coming together we can say this is a problem and come up with like all of these different ideas and options for solutions that people who are maybe more linear thinkers do not because they don't see or perceive the possibilities or opportunities that our brains do. So, you know, when right. we're talking about entrepreneurship and seeking those things, you know, that's where that community conversation that I love that you bring into this, into our entrepreneurship really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, why do so many of us become entrepreneurs, Jen, as ADHDers <laughs> and neurodistinct thinkers? Yeah, we covered most of it. It's the aversion to authority, but and and it's also like, you know, if you're if you're working for someone right now and you think, well, I wouldn't do it like that, well then go do it how you do it. Um but back to your also us being nonlinear thinkers, you know, if you are working for someone and you love where you are working, make sure you're communicating with your teammates about what your strengths are, because, you know, maybe you're trying to work how they work and that's not going to work. But if you are coming up with all of these ideas that you're scared to share, don't be scared to share them. Um, yeah, I mean, so it just wherever you are, it's finding it's figuring out what your strengths are. Um, that's really in, important. And now I forgot your question. Oh, how do we become entrepreneurs? I, I guess I probably always wanted to be one. I was just scared to do it. I grew up watching Oprah. I always wanted to be Oprah. This is as close as I get to being Oprah. <laughs> You know me so well. This is this is my Oprah version right here. Right. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I seriously like that we, is my thing. Do. It's on my it's on oh, my vision board. I want to be the neurodistinct version of Oprah. That that is my my one of my goals. <laughs> hey, I I do not doubt you at all. You are great at hosting. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, this is this is your your dharma, your wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> and I I love yeah. that we can really kind of have these conversations though. It's like because sometimes it like you just said, Jen, it's like we've we've always kind of known we were entrepreneurs. We've always I, had yeah. that entrepreneurial spirit, but the yeah. world has always said, "Oh no, that's not You've how you got to do this. this. You have to do it this right. way." Yeah, I wanted to be a psychologist, but then I didn't think I was smart enough to go to school. And I and I did take, I, I took a semester and I took psychology and it's the only class I passed. <laughs> like it's, it came natural to me always. Yeah, so I just, I found my own path. And we got a great question in the comments box. We're going to, I would love for Jen and I to dive into this one together. Mm. How do you quit the ideas long enough to actually handle the business portion of being an entrepreneur? Mm. Oh, this is such a That's great a question. question. And this is definitely something that Jen talks about. I want you to <laughs> oh, start. Yeah. Um, write down the ideas. Always write down the ideas. Never have an idea. Okay. I saw um, an ADHD the other day that says she even keeps a notebook in the shower. Now that is one I have not heard of before. And it is one I'm going to adopt because do y'all not do that? I have all of these ideas in the shower and then nowhere the to go. The whiz pops in the car and the, the shower. Gone the minute you walk out of the shower. Um, yeah. So write it down. Um, you know, if you're driving, speak into your phone, like I'll use my little recorder because I do I have ideas when I'm driving a lot too. Um, a lot of times I'll have ideas if I'm listening to someone else, it'll spark something. Just always write it down um, and keep it in one place. If you, if you write it on stickies, then organize them. I use my notes app. I like it because there's, I can search things in there. Um, also the business portion, to-do list stress me out. I do it a week at a time. I do not do daily to-do lists anymore. I can't, it, it, it paralyzes me, which we haven't even talked about is the whole paralysis that sometimes happens, which may be why you're asking that, but just figure out what you want to get done for the week. And then don't, it relieves the daily pressure of having to get it done. And then anything I haven't finished, I like to work on the weekends. Not everybody does, but the weekends are quiet <laughs> and I get a lot done. A lot of times we talk on the weekends because it's kind of our quiet time and it yeah, seems so to be um, a lot of my ideas are sparked then too. Yeah, yeah, that it really is. And it's like, I will have, okay, so here's my approach. So Jen and I come at this in totally different ways. And I don't know if it's like the ADHD approach uh, for me, but I, and I learned this from one of my business mentors, Jasmine Starr, who's actually going to be at BBD Live and I'm so I excited. <laughs> I love Jazzy. She's so awesome. So I actually come at this from a 90 day planning. So for me, and the reason I found this really kind of worked for my whiz pop overproductive idea mill brain was because, and, and James Wedmore really kind of helped me with this too. I would, I, I now take, I know where you're going with this now. You know what I'm doing with this, okay. So I now take a 90 day goal because I can look at all of my lists, okay? Everything on there is a great idea. It's something I'm, all of them I'm excited about. I didn't write down or, you know, dictate or, or, you know, post-it note, anything. 
that I just randomly thought, I mean, sometimes I do that too, but it's because I was excited about it. Something sparked in me and it was like, Ooh, this is good. This is a great idea. Well, there was that part that imposter syndrome, that self-doubt, that rejection sensitivity that would let me get the dopamine hit from all the idea with pops. But then I wouldn't mm-hmm. take action. I was almost paralyzed, like Jen was sharing. And I maybe you guys have experienced this too. And burnout was the other thing. It's like, I didn't have enough bandwidth. I didn't have enough energy to do all the things I wanted to do. I could barely just get the dishes done or get myself dressed or drive the kids to school or make sure that I even had groceries. So when I looked at, <laughs> right, when I looked at all those things, I had to really kind of do a shift in the sense that, okay, I could pick any of the ideas on this list. There could be a hundred ideas. I can just pick one of them and they're all going to be successful. So which one right now feels light, feels fun. It's the thing that really is sparking my joy. And that's in alignment. Here's the thing in alignment with my values and the impact that I want to have. Yeah, that helped me kind of go, okay, I'm going to pick for right now. And so I'm not saying no to those other 99 ideas. What I'm saying is not now. You got a place, but not now. This is the one that's fun right now. It's the quarterly launch period. Yeah, is how he presents it as. Think of it like in quarters, like tax quarters, three month launch period. What are you launching and focusing on? This yeah. 90 days. Yeah. So I just picked mm-hmm. the one thing, and for 90 days, that's what I'm doing. But it's interesting when you do that, you then back it up and say, okay, if that's this is the one thing I'm gonna do, what are the things that that are the components of that? And then you just like chunk those down, right? And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so this month, this 30 days, this is the element that I'm working on to get me to that. 90 day thing that I really want to achieve. And what's great is that just doing that, it really kind of helped me because then I could actually do the ideas and the things that I love without feeling like I was like throwing out my ideas because it's like, oh, it was just not now. And it's like, I can pick one of those next for the next 90, you know, yeah, or it allows you to give yourself the grace that you need to to take the time that you need to do um, whatever it is that is your priority right now because that's important. We're so hard on ourselves. We've got to give ourselves grace, and that's why I started coaching in the first place. I wanted women to give ourselves more grace about how we're talking to ourselves and how you know just beating ourselves up about things that we that are impossible to accomplish. So, um, yeah. And I love that, you know, as we sort of have talked about, well, well, how do I actually start to take action? How do I not get overwhelmed and get out of like the ideation phase? And it Mm. really is a lot of, it's a lot of community support. And I think you and I have found that together. We found that in our business by design group. We found that in several, because you and I are both members of lots of other different kind of, of business groups. But I think, you know, and I'm part of the Passion Center and we have Passion Break on Wednesday nights. And hey, Sam is, Sam's one of our Passion Break <laughs> folks. And, you know, it's through those different conversations in those different places. It's the community because 
for me, and I think you've talked about this too, it's like you can have a gazillion ideas and you can also get into this like cognitive overload where it's like mm -hmm. the executive function for like, how do I go from point A to point B? I can't really see it. It's that community support of other people because we get really, mm -hmm. really blind within our own space that we don't see stuff. So talk to mm -hmm. us about that needed community support element when we are autistic, ADHD or ADHDers in career and entrepreneurship, Jen. Yeah. Before I talk about that too, I want to touch on something you said, because it's really important. Sometimes when we get into that overload, sometimes you just need a day like you had to take because you were sick <laughs> of sitting in it. You know, the last time I had a failed lunch, I, I allowed myself to feel sorry for myself for a minute, but I also sat and was just kind of quiet and didn't work on anything for a couple of days. And we've got to give ourselves that grace first. But the thing that has helped me the most this year, this year has been about community and connection. I actively decided that I was going to seek it out and now I'm building it. Um, the community and support, unconditional support of other women helps you in ways you didn't even know you needed. Um, you know, it, it's unconditional support that even your family doesn't give sometimes in entrepreneurship. It's that not feeling lonely because you are in your stuff all day, every day. It is someone else looking at your stuff, like you said, and being able to see something that you don't see, we're blind to our own stuff sometimes. We can have the idea, but then sometimes like the the copy or the um, just figuring out what to do next, those parts are hard for ADHDers, I think. They're hard anyway, but they're hard, they're harder for us. Cause and it's you harder know, when it's your own go stuff. Over the place. It is very hard. So I want to I, I'm creating a community where women can just advise other women that have been there that you know and at your fingertips. Like I want to make it very, very accessible to you. If you have a question, ask me or ask someone else in the group in real time. Um, you know, most programs don't do that. They don't have no, they in don't. real time answers to your questions. No, and, and you know, you've got squirreled my mastery, and you've got a webinar coming up on Thursday morning no, at tomorrow. eleven a.m. Oh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Sorry, tomorrow. Wednesday. <laughs> you've lost the day. Wednesday morning. I've lost. I've lost a day with the stomach bug. I really have. So tomorrow, and guys. We'd love for you to join us. I'm going to be in the room. I'm going to be there with Jen because, you know, I absolutely love and support her. And that is part of what Beyond Autistic Burnout is all about is how are we supporting one another? How are we sharing? How mm -hmm. are we coming together in community? So share with us a little bit about who Squirrel Mind Mastery is for, Jen. It's for the neurospicy fempreneur who is just wanting some help in your business even if it's just support, even if it's just to talk out some of your ideas. Um, but the, the, and the call tomorrow is a networking call. So what we'll do is we'll go around the room and everybody talks about what they do, um, where they're from, and then what do you need help with? Um, I'm, I'm starting it out just with that. Tell me what you need help with and let's see if someone in here can help you. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be, a lot of that. 
um, in the program and the paid option. I'm doing that for free every month. Um, once a month, I'll host these for free. Um, and in the program, we use my neurobanking method to where it helps you take out the thoughts that you don't want any kind of negativity because it, negativity in your business is a virus just like it is um, in your relationships. Pay attention to how you're speaking to yourself and then put in the thoughts that you do want to, to help you move forward. Your mindset is just as important in your business as all the things and all the systems. And I know mindset is an overused word, but it encompasses all of it. You really have to keep your thoughts um, in a positive direction and kick out all the negative ones. And really, too, I think a lot of what I've discovered and a lot of what you and I talk about just together as, as business owners and entrepreneurs is what's the reframe on this in what's coming up for me? Like, am I feeling mm -hmm. like imposter syndrome? Am I experiencing rejection sensitivity? Like, is feeling like really extra today? for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of those things are such a big conversation or, oh my gosh, I've got like a gazillion whiz pops and I know I got to get, like, get stuff done. <laughs> but I have no freaking idea yeah. where to start. Could somebody just like help, right? And, and sometimes just other people's it. feedback will simply just tell you which one you're, you feel strongly about. <laughs> You know, right? Like Sometimes you might be just like, talking no, it out. I don't want to do that one. I want to do this one, and but there you go. <laughs> yes. So if you guys want to join us live for Jen Conley's Squirrel Mind Mastery Free Networking Event tomorrow, the link is down in the show notes. We would love for you to hop on over and join us in Squirrel Mind Mastery <laughs> in the networking event tomorrow. It is totally free. Bring your biggest struggle, your biggest challenge, whatever you are facing today, and in bring your, your business bestie. or your career. Bring your besties. Like really, this it Bring is so amazing. Besties. Yes, we, yeah, we've and got it's our also squirrels. just yeah, it's also just meeting other ADHD or neurodivergent women. Um, you know, we're kind of we usually have magnetic personalities. We we think differently and we we interact differently. Like I didn't feel like I had to like hold my tongue and not interrupt you like I do sometimes, you know, that I don't know if you guys ever have people in your life that got mad when you interrupted them, but I do. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But it's like, if I don't say it, that's going to go away and I'll forget. It'll forget never it. happen. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. I love that so much. So Come join the Squirrel Mind Mastery Networking event tomorrow. Yep. Bring your bring Let's your interruptors all you want. <laughs> keep the party going. Absolutely. Jen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank this has been me. amazing. I, I absolutely it. love getting to share time with you. And it is always like the highlight of my day. So we've got some yeah. fun stuff. I want to share a couple of things as mm -hmm. we're wrapping up. I got a juicy little teaser, guys, for next week's episode. It will be power-packed with the return of our fantastic guest, an Australian advocate, Benjamin Christmas. <gasps> the germination of ideation. Guys, if you missed that <laughs> episode, go back and check it out. Benjamin, oh wow. This is like one of the top most listened to episodes on Beyond Autistic Burnout. So if you haven't heard it yet, go back in the playlist and check it out. Plus, 
don't miss our very own networking with Brian Coletto segment next week. And mark your calendars for next Tuesday, October 31st, where we're going to be gearing up for Halloween fun. I am coming fully decked out in my Halloween costume this year because I'm also doing a really fun local event here in Naplesville, Alabama. They close our two block downtown and open it up for all the businesses and groups to come and do trigger treating with all of the kids. So they've got a nice safe place to come and trigger treat and we're all together. And guess what I'm doing, guys? I'm not giving out candy. I'm going to give out something so much better. Spiky fidget rings from Kaiko Fidgets. I couldn't <laughs> find mine, but it's here. Some Oh, I do have it. Oh, good game. So all of the kids, I'm going to be handing those out. So you get to see my costume and I'm oh. even going to do some video live from the event. So expect great connections, empowering conversations and actionable strategies that you can apply in your daily life in next week's episode. So as we wrap up this episode of Beyond Autistic Burnout, I want to remind you of your incredible brilliance, my friend. Embrace your uniqueness and know that your journey is one of strength and resilience. I'm Carol Jean Whittington, and I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. Stay connected with me for more empowering episodes by clicking on that subscribe or follow button. And let's continue to thrive together. Remember, you have the power to break free from burnout and unleash your authentic self. Until our next empowering conversation, take care and keep shining brightly. And don't forget, if you're wondering what spicy pepper you might be in your burnout journey, go take the spicy pepper burnout quiz at mindyourautisticbrain.com. And be sure you go grab that link and join Jen and I for this incredible Squirrel Mind Mastery tomorrow networking event. We're going to have so much fun. Thanks for all the amazing comments and conversations thank and you. questions in the chat box today. You guys have been an incredible audience. We'll yeah, see thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>